Hello, listeners. Uh, this is Kat, and you are listening to the recap for episode 219. Hey, everybody. I am also here. Yay. Yay. So 219 was our first chapter revisit episode, which was a super lot of fun to be on, and also the return of the podcast question of the week. Love it. Yeah, so this recap will be slightly longer than the recaps have been before, but uh, twice the amount of fun. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Before we hop into our comments, we just want to take a quick second and thank our sponsor for this episode, and it's Jay Dozier. Dozier? Dozier? However you say Dozier. it, it's Jay. Yay, Jay. It's Jay. Yay. Thank you, Jay. Our Patreon sponsor for this episode, as we said, and any of you out there can become a sponsor of Alohomora for as little as $1 a month, and we will continue and have been continuing to release special exclusive tidbits just for sponsors, and we have kind of a cool, fun one coming up. Uh, Michael finally has figured out the Wii Play, and so we have some really cool stuff with the video games and whatnot coming out, so head over to patreon.com backslash Alohomora and sponsor us for like 100 pennies a month. I've said this before, but you can find that many just walking down the street. It's true. Plus, you're getting exercise, so win-win. Yes, people should be doing more walking down streets to find pennies to contribute to our cause. Uh, it's worth it, though. And we thank Jay for Jay's support, uh, as well as all of our patrons. Okay, well, without further ado, let's get into our recap from the discussion that we had. The first uh, two comments regarding Gringotts and uh, as as well as Nicholas Flamel and his wife. This is from Casey L. Casey says, Flamels were French. I feel like that's why they weren't part of the Sacred 28, which seemed to refer to only British families. I've never thought they would have a Gringotts vault, but then again, I never considered who else's vault it could have been. If it was the schools, I would have assumed there would be more in it. Maybe it was Dumbledore's, or some ancient branch of the family that had died out, but Albus still controlled the vault? And, related, that time Remus Wadawasid Voldy commented, I had the same thought about Flamel being French, so not necessarily having a family vault at Gringotts. However, when Harry says to Hagrid, wizards have banks, Hagrid replies, just the one, Gringotts. So I'm wondering that, if by that he meant Justin Britton, or does Gringotts serve as a bank for the entire wizarding world? That seems like a bit much. I suppose it could serve as the European magical community's bank, but to expect wizards all the way in Africa or Asia or the Americas not to have their own banks seems a bit off. Or perhaps Gringotts has branches all over the world. Ooh, it's a conglomerate? Oh boy, that's scary. Um, yeah. Yeah, so this came from a conversation we had about whose vault the Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, has been stored in. And we really couldn't come to a conclusion. And it sounds like maybe our listeners don't quite know either. Do you have a, th a thought, Eric? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm interested uh, in figuring it out. I think it's, it's, it's Vault 712, right? Or is it a... Uh... Or is that a movieism? Is it 712? 712 is um no, that's right, because isn't Sirius's vault 713? Yeah, so it should yeah. it should that should indicate more than anything else um what sort of people were like so the blacks are a very, very old family, old pureblood family, and they have the very next vault. And I feel like I I I I struggle to draw comparisons to like 
new banks because when new banks open though and those vaults go on sale like safety deposit boxes and stuff you know you you can get it if you get in at the same time your number is probably going to be right next to the person before you right like they probably sell them in sequential order so i would assume that the vaults were purchased or inherited or whatever um but purchased around the same time so like the black family would have waltzed over to the bank and right in front of them would have been the dumbledores or would have been another one of the so i i think the thought process that it's another pure blood family um you know one of the sacred 28 is probably logically sound yeah that's what i thought too because i specifically remember reading and Forgive me, listeners. I can't remember if I actually read it out on the episode. That was like a week ago. My memory is not that good. Um, but that the Sacred 28 all had been gifted vaults at Gringotts because of who they were. Oh. And so that's why I had thought perhaps that vault belonged to somebody in the Sacred 28, but the Flamels aren't in it. Dumbledore is not in it. Even, you know, the Potters aren't in it. So aren't, aren't in it. Yeah. And and these are these are the the vaults with the the higher protections as well. It's the, you know Harry's mm-hmm. vault again. The Potters big deals, right? Uh, but uh, they're not they're not part of this sort of higher end security style vault. So that's very mysterious. But I, I I like I like the idea that it also belongs to maybe Nick Flamel himself. And to be perfectly honest, if you're over. 600 years old how materialistic are you really going to be my guess is that flamel's got over materialism a long time ago and that is why that was the only item in that vault if it was their vault um that you know nick is is only using that vault for um the purposes of the extra added security whereas he you know he and his wife kind of live pretty um minimalistically and wherever they are um you know sort of have all the things they need around them and wouldn't need to use a bank vault for anything right all their worldly possessions are are with them and 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 are very i want to say like humble and 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 you know very nothing that would that would need the kind of protection that the sorcerer's stone right experiential and not material so to say yeah 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 i my head canon says that it's nicholas flamel's vault even if that might not be Perfectly right. It seems right to me. Well, I love that we didn't ask that question the first time going through the chapter. So that's really cool. We may have, but also I don't think we did. I don't remember. It's Again, it's been so long since I listened to the episode, even though I listened to it, (laughs) no joke, like a week and a half ago. Uh, Well, anyway, our next comment comes from Ousley? 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 Weasley? Ousley? Weasley? Oh, if it were an I, it would be Weasley. That's a clever name. Um, Ousley, though, says, uh, also on the subject of Gringotts, the concept of a family vault is so strange to me. There's no way I'd want my finances mixed and mingled with other parts (laughs) of the family. (laughs) Do these families have systems set up to make sure their individual portions remain intact? Do they all trust each other that much? Just look at the Black family. Were Sirius and Regulus and their parents and cousins all supposed to share? That wouldn't end well in that family. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in this question. Um, Because individual families would – it would make sense that they manage finances based on their individual needs. And certain members of the Black family are in different positions of government and other members are just rich – 
from like inheritance, and yes, that would seemingly be problematic. I'm wondering if the family vaults are only inherited funds. Yeah, so maybe that's that. Those only house the things that have been passed down from generation to generation to generation, which mm-hmm. is why Harry has one because his parents got one together and that he inherited it. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I mean, it sounded like Sirius had his own. Was that necessarily the Black family vault? I don't know if it was. Right, and he was the last living descendant, though. Uh, right. For, oh, for did a Harry time, get that money? He must have. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I think. I think at some point it says the contents of his vault have been shuddled over into Harry's own vault. Um, wow, which is cha-ching. Harry's alone. Yeah, cha 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 ching. So, of course, under the circumstances, very uh, not happy. But depending on who you ask, anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you wanted Sirius to die. <laughs> oh, Eric, that's a whole other episode. Because um, uh-huh. Bellatrix's vault. That was a different vault. Rodolphus's vault. Oh yeah, probably. And she married into it. Yeah. Right. So then she probably wouldn't have access to the Black family vault because I mean she's not. Is her maiden name Black? It is, right? Yeah, it is. Narcissa and Bellatrix and uh, Tonks's mom, right? Andromeda. Andromeda. Yeah. Sirius's cousins, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. That is fishy. Although I agree, I, I I wouldn't want to share a vault either. Yeah, I tend to think it's inherited. That the the those vaults just must be the inherited wealth. And then each individual person would have sort of at one point a lower security vault that has more of their own household funds, that sort of thing? Possibly, yeah, because Sirius's vault wasn't well, if it was seven one three, then it would be that lower vault, but he was one of the last people there, so he probably just inherited it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. It's a fishy quandary. I don't know. <laughs> fishy quandary from Ousley. Thank you, Ousley. Uh, next up, Horned Badger has uh, an interesting question for us. Regarding the discussion of whether giving Harry a lot of money was a shortcut for Joe, I don't think it was. She could have never spoken about money made Hogwarts a public school, or used the school funds for Harry, like for Tom Riddle. I think it was incredibly intentional. A huge difference for Harry and Ron sets up a loving family versus wealth or power motif, later explored in the Malfoy family and Tom Riddle's own younger years. I have such a distinct mental image from book two or four where the Weasleys accompany Harry to Gringotts and can see in from the doorway to his piles of money. It adds a layer to Ron's jealousy, because this is the first thing Ron experiences with Harry to be jealous of. Harry's fame does not truly come into play until they leave their train compartment, but before they leave, Ron gets a look at how loaded Harry is via the stacks, via the snacks trolley. So I think the device of Harry's inheritance gets used in such a clever character relationship, affecting the way it can't be considered just an easy setup device. Uh, I, I I would agree. There's that Harry's wealth is tied to his character. You're deliberately shown someone who grew up with nothing, because Harry really did grow up with nothing, or not knowing that he was rich, and therefore he has a very healthy, um, you know, treatment of money and a healthy feeling towards money. Here's a guy who's loaded, and he can't. He doesn't really ever utilize that fact, except to help his friends. 
And that one time in Prisoner of Azkaban when he almost buys like a golden cauldron or something like that. Yeah, I, um, I think it's super helpful too that they don't have things like ATM cards in the Wizarding World. Because yeah, I do think so. that Harry could have very easily abused the money, specifically because he grew up with nothing. And we do see that in the Diagon Alley chapter when he's talking about buying everything under the sun, how the money's burning a hole in his pocket. And so I think it's very, it's a very good thing that he basically visits Gringotts once a year. And actually, he doesn't even go back. Like Molly gets it for him. Bill gets it for him. Hagrid gets it for him. I don't think he goes back yeah, after th- book one. No, I th- I think that you can get um, – you can send an owl and <laughs> maybe the owl carries money out for you. Uh, I think one of the goblins will, will like – will like – you know, get a money bag and put your money in it for you. Like you can authorize, I think you can just request by Al. That has to be like the equivalent of, a, of an ATM card. Right. I guess so. But also if you can get money by Owl, why aren't people just stealing money by Owl all the time? What are the checks and balances of that system? Well, it's really hard to intercept an Owl. Um, it, 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 of course that's a uh, subject Later, when Sirius Black, you know, is trying to like, they never crack where Sirius is located, and he's using the Owl Network to communicate. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, owls are being searched, and letters are getting intercepted later in the uh, <laughs> by the corrupt government. So I can't imagine it's a. It's a we have to remember system. that Crookshanks places the order for that broomstick. <laughs> is that so? Yeah, Crookshanks places the order and orders the money to come out of Sirius's vault. like serious it's obviously like hand wrote the order but you know the cat placed it i mean come on cats ordering brooms (laughs) it's just a bit ridiculous i mean it's a funny bit of it's beautiful but it's ridiculous like (laughs) have you heard that joke about when a cat walks into a bank yeah i feel like somebody needs to work on that (laughs) only in the wizarding world um and our and our last comment uh, from the recap comes from Silver Doe 25. He says, I'd like to bring up a point from the end of the chapter that was overlooked. Hagrid apparated? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Expelled as a third year and his wand snapped, but he manages to apparate away? I love Hagrid as much as the next fan, but I think he's a couple of D's short of the three D's. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this was one of those things Joe hadn't quite worked out in book one, which means dot, 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 time to theorize how he disappeared in the blink of an eye. Well, I don't believe he operated because... He didn't. Yeah, I don't believe he did. Uh, we don't hear a loud pop, and Harry, before he even knows what apparating is, he comments on loud pops when he hears them and i feel like he would have heard that granted i mean i know that it's a a busy loud london underground station true however he would have heard it hagrid was standing right next to him and i don't think hagrid can apparate he's too big if well if oh well i well hang on i i think uh i it might be harder the bigger you are but i don't think it's impossible but i do think the crack would have been louder um Oh, true. If, if if apparating makes a crack, then it makes sense that something larger – because the crack is like a whip. It's like uh, breaking the sound barrier because you've right, just exactly. taken yourself out of the equation. You've literally broken the sound barrier, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think it cracks when people do that. But at the beginning of the book, Dumbledore also apparates onto Privet Drive and there's no crack. So I think there's something to this theory that 
uh, JK Rowling hadn't decided that it makes a sound or not. Um, and I think it's possible that it is implied that Hagrid does in fact apparate. And, you know, maybe to this day, Dumbledore is the one wizard who's skilled enough at apparition that he can do it silently. That's fine. And then Hagrid, well, what means does he use to escape? It's an interesting question. Yeah. No, Dumbledore definitely makes noise when he apparates because we not see on it. The pr- not in yeah, the we first... see it in Half-Blood Prince, but right, not in the first Yeah, but book. not in Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. So, uh, Philosopher's Stone, you mean? Yeah, sorry. So we can we can chalk this up to book error. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm just looking through just to be sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it says a man appeared on the corner the cat had been watching. Appeared so suddenly and silently that you'd have thought he just popped out of the ground. So. <laughs> so it says you would have thought he popped out of the ground, but it doesn't. It but it's silently, so there's all there's also no pop. But that's weird how she right. uses that word anyway. <laughs> it is. So obviously she always had the same mental image of what it meant, just mm-hmm. never quite – well, not never, but just at that point hadn't worked out how it worked, I guess. Yeah, I think that's – I still don't necessarily think Hagrid could have apparated, but maybe. I don't know. I concede. I, 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 I just love the saying he's a couple Ds short of three Ds. <laughs> um and it's pretty funny. I think that's a pretty good character trait, a uh, pretty solid character analysis of Hagrid. So i um, like to shout out to the following users who also had comments we did not yet include. Um, shout outs to Slughorn's Trophy Wife. They've taken my Wheezy, Regulus Blackout, Nikki S., and Lisa. Thank you all so much for participating in the ongoing discussions happening on Alohomora's main page. Uh, and we hope that you'll stay with us as we continue to do these episodes. Yeah, and uh, wow, I've been said this in a really long time. Now it's time for the podcast question of the week recap. Oh my gosh, hey. I'm so excited that it's back. I don't know, you know, I didn't see a lot of comments where people were like, yay, the question is back, but we had a lot of comments, so I'm just going to assume <laughs> that you're that's... all very excited about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I love the question, too. Yeah, cool. Well, as a reminder of what that question was, it is, is Hagrid the best first impression for Harry? What would have happened if Harry had been introduced to the wizarding world by someone else? Hmm. And per the usual, we had a ton of really wonderful, very varied comments here. So our first one. Oh, look, Molly Weasley took the time to sit down and write a comment for us. Thank you, Molly. Uh, Username Molly Wobbles says, I personally think Hagrid was a great first impression of the wizarding world for Harry. I love Hagrid, though he can undoubtedly be irresponsible and doesn't always make the best decisions. He is pretty much the opposite of the Dursleys. He knows the Potter family and isn't afraid to tell Harry about his parents, which is more than Harry has ever learned from Vernon and Petunia. Though Hagrid can be intimidating at first glance, he's very kind to Harry, and he shows him the care of a friend that Harry has never received from anyone else before, aside from his parents, anyway. In addition, Hagrid's passion for Hogwarts and magical creatures sparks Harry's curiosity about the Wizarding World and the possibilities it offers. Hagrid also has a laid-back demeanor that would make Harry feel more comfortable about asking questions and talking to him. While Hagrid does give Harry some bad impressions of some of the houses, his friendship and the experience of going to Diagon Alley are things that Harry will always remember and cherish. This is uh, extremely well-written, and I think it really makes the case very succinctly for why Hagrid is the perfect um, intro to the Wizarding World. Harry, in his state of vulnerability... It really needs somebody who is the living embodiment of 
what whatever you expect, it's not going to be that thing. And that's a good life lesson. Sure. Uh, um, mm. Okay. Right? I mean, no rebuttal. he's a, he's a gentle giant. Yeah. He's a gentle giant. He, you know, for all the things, for all the reasons Molly Wobbles just said, Harry's able to trust him because there's, he's just so friendly and easy. And, you know, Hagrid himself is sort of an outcast, which I think is what Harry really relates to. On the other side of things, commenter Rosmerta has a, a very interesting interesting argument here let me let me read her comment it says hagrid is absolutely wrong as a first impression but he is exactly what harry needed to friendly warm and effusive he envelops harry with the new experiences with such genuine enthusiasm that harry is swept along by it hagrid doesn't stop long enough to think about how the dursleys have treated harry he just wants to bring harry back into the wizarding world like a favorite uncle or godfather other characters would have just been wrong, as Hermione and Molly have outlined. So that was uh, also in response to some other comments, um, commenters who had commented on Molly Wobble's comment. So yeah, so I, I you know, I don't know that that means he's a wrong first impression at all. I mean, if you were to say is is Hagrid an an adequate representation of the Wizarding World at large? Okay, okay, then we can talk about it. Um, but the very fact that Hagrid was so effusive and so enthusiastic to take Harry off into the Wizarding World, I think, illustrates that he was the perfect first impression. I also but think I'm, too that it's important mm -hmm. to think about the safety factor, and I know, and we all know that Voldemort is very little threat at this moment. But Dumbledore has always known that Voldemort was going to come back. And so short of sending himself there, which I feel like Harry would have been uber intimidated if Dumbledore had showed up, yeah. Hagrid at least can provide that fierce, protective quality that if something were to happen, if the ish were to hit the fan the second Harry stepped back into Diagon Alley, Hagrid is there. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a good point. And sort of like, not unlike a bouncer, really, because <laughs> Harry does get mobbed in Diagon, when he sets foot into the leaky cauldron. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who want to shake his hand. And frankly, the fact that he's with Hagrid, someone who's so well loved and, and, and jovial, um, you know, Hagrid, who's also a regular at that bar, let's not forget, mm -hmm. um, you know, is able to really break through all that crap and get Harry to where he needs to go. As a total and complete 180 from everything we've been talking about, how am I going to translate this? Has a really interesting thought. You all ready for this? All right, take a take a deep breath. It's a big one. If it had been Snape who appeared in the hut in the middle of the night, what? Petunia would have freaked out big time. We don't know how much she knows about his friendship with Lily and why their ways parted, but from their encounters in their childhood, he did not leave a good first impression. Continues to say, I'm wondering how the decision to send Hagrid came to be. After Harry did not get his first letter, days passed with more and more letters, and when Hagrid came to pick up Harry, things had really gotten out of hand. This can't be standard procedure if guardians or parents keep their children from reading their Hogwarts letters, can it? Hagrid may not have been the best choice, but sending him was an appropriate choice. As long as Harry wants to come and see the magical world, Hagrid will make sure he can go there. He will fight for Harry's well-being if necessary and provide protection against the abuse Harry has been suffering at the hands of his uncle, aunt, and cousin. Other people may have been more diplomatic, subtle, or equipped, but Hagrid is prepared to do his best in this task. 
Sound- I think that's really it, isn't it? Is that Hagrid is uniquely equipped to handle to cut right through the Dursleys' bull crap, baloney. Yeah, um, who else could bend that gun back like that? Nobody could bend that gun back like that, and and he's physically intimidated. Like Vernon Dursley's a big dude, but Hagrid's bigger. And sometimes it really just comes down to that, right? So sometimes it just comes down to, <clears throat> excuse me, why didn't you, uh, you know, attack or break into a fistfight? Well, the other guy was bigger, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, well, that that's pretty – because, I mean, think about what the Dursleys are losing, pretty much everything. They, they spent all of Harry's life trying to weed magic out of him and all of a sudden he's being physically removed from their presence and taught everything they never wanted him to know. If a smaller person than Hagrid or a smaller person than Dursley, let's just say, um, you know, showed up, it's possible it would have come to, to, come to blows. Um, and mm-hmm. whoever it was would have had to obviously resort to using more magic than Hagrid had to. Right. Which is a whole other question in itself because, you know, Hagrid used magic and Harry was, I just, uh, I don't want to get into that, but, um, mm-hmm. Snape, isn't that funny? I had never <laughs> thought about the whole Snape thing. <laughs> if Snape, oh my God. It's like, <laughs> especially in Dumbledore relation to just... Petunia, which is really funny. Yeah, to think yeah, about. yeah. Well, oh, because I absolutely believe that um, Petunia would know who Snape was. And in fact, later in the books, when she says that awful boy, referring to how Lily learned about the Dementors, she's mm-hmm. actually talking about Snape. Right. Um, and so she knew that this boy with black curtains as, as hair, you know, was close with her sister and and was telling him all these awful she cuz she overheard she's literally i think in Snape's memory listening in and and cuz she's jealously you know she's sort of coveting her that or and envious of that friendship that Lily has and that connection to the greater world and and yeah Petunia would have really i mean she kind of becomes unhinged anyway talking about her sister and how they didn't die in the in the in the car crash but if Snape were there, all all bets would have been off. <laughs> I'm sure there's a fan fiction about it out there, and I want to read it. I want it. Yeah, I want to read amazing. that too. But the Snape mystery would have been laid bare from page one. You know, it would have never worked right. for, for Snape. Right. Yeah. Too much too soon. Too much too soon. Mm-hmm. 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 Our last comment here is really fantastic, and I'm super excited to talk about it. It's from S. Mills. It says... We know Hogwarts has a board of governors that had enough power to take Dumbledore out of the school and Chamber of Secrets. What if Lucius Malfoy had pulled enough strings to be the one to introduce Harry to the wizarding world? Wouldn't he have set him on the path to becoming a dark wizard? (laughs) Ooh, come on. Okay, so we know that the wizarding families like the Malfoys thought that perhaps Harry was going to be the next Lord Voldemort. So... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This is kind of this is kind of a fun thing to think about. I, I like this. Um, Dumbledore never would have let that happen under any circumstances. Would he let a Death Eater come and take Harry to school? Right. And I know Dumbledore's all like, "Oh yeah, you know, we'll consider that people can be rehabilitated," and I'm sure that there's that. But Dumbledore knows. Okay, D- D- Dumbledore knows who is really, really a Death Eater, and I don't think that that would have been possible no matter what Lucius's power is as a board of governors. However, the reason I like this, I like this comment is remember Hagrid's the one who tells Harry 
you know, right then and there what happens to his parents. And if it were Lucius, there's a possibility that Harry does not hear the correct account of what his parents were and how they died. And there's an opportunity to really, from the get-go, lie to Harry about his origins. And I wanted to say at first that Harry would have reacted the same way he eventually does to to Draco, right? He realizes that this kid is just awful and snobby, and it's not anything that Harry wants for himself or or his friends. So I'd like to believe that his reaction to Lucius would be just about the same way. But if Lucius holds the card of, you know, telling Harry his past as Hagrid did, then it's a game changer because you can do some really messed up, sick, twisted stuff with the truth. And if Harry had reacted the same way to Lucius that he did to Draco, he might not ever go to Hogwarts. How do you mean? Really? Well, because if, you know, because Harry sees right through Draco and realizes that he's a bag full of BS and (laughs) maybe he doesn't believe Lucius. Bag full of BS should be the name of this episode recap. It's just a recap episode. I know. It's just called recap. We should also subtitle it bag full of BS. (laughs) But I'm just saying that maybe Harry decides not to go to Hogwarts because he doesn't want to end up like Lucius. He says, if this this is what wizards are like, I don't want to go. Yeah, but anything's better than the Dursleys living in a cupboard under the stairs. So there's that. And then there's also the idea that Lucius has a job to do, which is to get Harry to go to Hogwarts. So, And to set him on the path to become the next Dark Wizard, right? Yeah, and you have to learn magic before you can be a Dark Wizard. Right, naturally. Naturally. Mm. Well, as always, this is the end of our recap. And we want to thank everybody again for all these amazing comments. You guys truly are the best. I just still can't believe that after five years, we're still getting three, four, five, six hundred comments on our episodes week to week. And we love you guys and cannot thank you enough. And once again, we want to thank our Patreon sponsor for this episode. And it is Jay Dozier. Thank you, Jay. You are amazing. We love you. Your star claps you guys can also become a sponsor patreon.com backslash alohomora go for a walk find 100 pennies as little as one dollar a month you can be as cool as jay i mean you're all really cool anyway but i'm gonna time myself going out on the street and finding and taking how long it finds out how long it takes for me to find 100 pennies you live you live in a big city it shouldn't take you that long yeah i don't know it would take me a lot longer because i live most of the good pennies will be picked up um, I'll have all the ones with gum on the bottom. Any, any, anyway, 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 we thank our patrons. Um, yes. now I wanted to talk about the next topic. So for, uh, episode 220 of Alohomora, we had like a really intense discussion, Kat, you and I and mm-hmm. Haley and our guest, um, about whether the events of Harry Potter actually happened or were not instead some sort of escapist fantasy of a very abused Harry Potter. In other words, it's happening inside your head and it is not real. Yes. Um, Such an interesting topic. It was a heck of a lot of fun to be part of the discussion. And we are sure, I think it's very, very, very uh, safe to say that there will be a lot of interesting feedback, which we'll read on the next recap. Yeah, it uh 
I'm excited. That it's it's a good one. It's a good one, kids. You'll love it. Yeah, so that's a recap. You're not gonna. That's an episode and a recap. You're not gonna want to miss. Well, go listen to it since we already recorded it. So have a have a good listen, and we will talk to you soon. I'm Kat. I'm Eric. Bye. Bye. He's out. Girl Scout.